This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Man, it's great to be back and teaching with you guys again. Um, you know, last time, I, I guess I didn't tell enough jokes about TJ last time I was here. Uh, you know, because he's letting me teach again. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be back with you guys. And, and really, honestly, I want to honor one of my heroes this morning in Pastor TJ. Um, man, guys, don't we have a great pastor with Pastor TJ? Yeah, we have a great pastor. But we're in this series uh, titled Heroes. Man, and I'm super excited about this. I'm kind of one of those hero nerds. Um, I watch hero anythings. Um, I watched the series Heroes when it was on ABC, or actually NBC, uh, got to get that right. Uh, I've, have, have you guys seen Iron Man 3 yet? Yeah. Great movie, uh, I've already seen it, I'm planning to go see Superman, Man of Steel this next week. Uh, man, I, I just eat these things up. Uh, I watched The Avengers, the cartoon uh, on Netflix, uh, and I know some of you guys are saying, Jeremy, you're about to lose your man card if you're not careful, but trust me, like I said last time, I am an ESPN freak. It's part of my daily diet, and I'm pretty sure I can grow a better beard than most of you in here anyway. <laughs> so there's that as well. So I think I retain my man card. Thanks, Buns. <laughs> but again, we're talking about the life of David this morning. And uh, last week, Pastor Terry, he brought a word on Joseph. Wasn't that awesome last week, Pastor Terry? And he brought the word for Joseph, one of my favorite stories, uh, man, in the Old Testament is the life of Joseph. Uh, but this week I have the honor to talk about David. And most of us, man, we're probably pretty familiar with the life of David. We've heard stories like David and Goliath or David and Bathsheba, stories that he can't seem to escape um, as long as we keep going throughout history. Those are the stories, man, that we'll keep coming back to uh, but David, this guy, he was a man's man. You know, I look pretty manly with my beard, but David, he was a man's man. Man, if I was to sit and talk about David, man, I'd sit and think about things like as a little boy, man, he went toe-to-toe with a lion and a bear and killed them both. And he didn't have a 12-gauge shotgun. Now, most of us, we can't remember a time, Brent, no guns, right? No guns. This dude is legit. He's so manly. He makes the guys from Duck's Dynasty look like they're from Pretty Little Women with Julia Roberts, right? But at the same time, girls, don't think you can't relate with David because at the same time, David is so in touch with his sensitive side that he makes the work of Shakespeare look like the work of a Twilight novel, right? So I'm not hating on the Twilight novels. I'm Team Jacob all the way. Don't worry. I know you guys can relate. Um, but man, if I was to try to describe, uh, man, if I, if I was trying to put uh, really a definition on what I think David would look like today, um, I'd probably have to pull from a few people, um, probably someone like Chuck Norris, the fighting skills of Chuck Norris, right? Uh, probably the great and handsome looks of Channing Tatum, right? It's a beautiful, beautiful man right there. <laughs> What? Right? Uh, probably, I, I have to pull on the great vocal and musical ability of Justin Timberlake. Man, that guy is incredible. Uh, man, that guy can write a song, man, I tell you what. Uh, but if I was to put all those guys together, they'd probably look something like this. 
Ryan Gosling. Hey, girl. Ryan, it always comes back to Ryan Gosling. Um, you know, I was told that I, I should never compare Chuck Norris and Ryan Gosling earlier, but I can't help it. Ryan Gosling is the man. Um, but man, we're talking about heroes, and we're talking about people like Joseph and David. And, and when we sit and talk about or read about people like Joseph and David, man, sometimes it's hard for us to sit and relate because when we sit and read about their lives, we sit and go, man, I can never do anything like they did. I can never go and face a nine-foot giant, right? I can never have a dream and go twel- tell my 12 brothers about it and how I'm going to rule over them one day, right? But, but the truth is that, that we can. We can have the faith that they had. It says in James 5, 17, it says, Elijah was human, just like we were, just like we are. See, a lot of us, we see people like David or Joseph or Elijah. He was a prophet from the Old Testament that did some crazy things. We see people like them, and we see them as superhuman. We don't see them like we see ourselves. We see them as these, as these fabled superhero types, right? We see them as people like Superman or Spider-Man, And we look at their lives and we go, man, I could never do what they did. But the truth is that they were human just like we are. We can have the life that David had. We can have the life that Joseph had. We just have to understand that the faith that they had is in us. See, I don't don't know how many of you guys have seen this movie out there. It's probably one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Um, It's a movie called Space Jam, right? (laughs) Uh, it stars the one and only Michael Jordan, uh, his, his Hollywood debut, probably his only day in his life that he's ever worked in L.A. Um, he'll probably never work there ever again, uh, being a Chicago boy. Uh, but the premise of this movie, uh, it takes place where the Looney Tunes, and I know what you guys are thinking, this movie is getting better by the moment for those of you who haven't seen it, but the Looney Tunes, right? They're challenged by these group of supersized aliens, to a game of basketball. And so the Looney Tunes, they call on Michael Jordan to come and help them out and help them win this game of basketball against these aliens. And so it it comes to this point in this movie where it's halftime and the Looney Tunes are losing and Michael Jordan, they're in the locker room and he's giving them this pep talk and he's encouraging them and he's trying to say, man, guys, it's not over, it's not over. You guys can do it, we're not out of this yet. And and then it cuts to this shot where Bugs Bunny, he's in the corner and he's filling up this water bottle and he's filling it up with tap water, and he writes on the side of it, Michael's secret stuff. And he takes a swig of it, and all of a sudden, boom, he gets all these muscles, and he blows up like a freak of nature as a bunny that he is. It's a Looney Tunes movie, so don't get too weirded out by it. But he blows up, and, and all these other Looney Tunes, they see it, and they're like, what's going on? What's going on? And he says, it's Michael's secret stuff, and they start freaking out. Give us that. We want to be like Mike. Why have you been hogging this? Why didn't you tell us about this, Mike? We could have been just like you. We could be winning right now. And, and this is the way that we live our lives, man. We sit and think, man, if I could just be struck by that meteor, or if I could have that Midas touch, or if I could be dipped in that pool of radiation, right, then I would be able to be the person that I'm supposed to be. To make it a little less cartoony, man, we, we, we actually sit and we think, man, if I just had that job, man, if I just had that position, if I could just be on that stage up there somehow, if I just had that girlfriend, if I just had that money, then I'd be able to be the person that I'm supposed to be. Man, we, we make this list and we, and we sit and say, man, if I just had this, if I just had that, then I'd be able to be the hero that I'm supposed to be. See, but can I tell you guys something? Man, for a lot of us, man, we, maybe we've heard something like this before, but 
but we need to understand that heroes, they're not born, they're made. See, we we can't be touched by something, we can't take a drink of something, we can't be struck with lightning and then become the person that we're supposed to be. We can't wait for that moment, for that job to come along, for that, that car to show up, for that girlfriend to be there, to be that person that we're supposed to be. See, what David knew is that he already had what he needed inside of him to be the person that God had called him to be. So my question to you this morning, who has God called you to be? Do you see yourself as that? Do you see yourself as the person that God has called you to be? This morning, we're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you guys have your Bibles with you, man, we'll we'll be going there this morning. It'll also be up on the screen. But we're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 16, a verse that talks about David. And, And I believe in this passage, we see what every great hero is made of. Not born of, but what every great hero is made of. Let's read in 1 Samuel chapter 16. It says, One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful at playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. Church, this morning I want to share with you five things that I believe every great hero is made of. And the first is this, that every great hero has a skill. That might be nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. Skills. We all have skills, right? Superman, he could fly. Spider-Man, he could shoot some webs. The Hulk, he was great at smashing things, right? Batman, he had a really great deep voice. We've all got skills, and David, man, it says that he was skillful at playing. This meant that the dude could rip on a guitar and sing his heart out. Justin Bieber can't compare. Right? (laughs) Sorry, Justin. Uh, Not that he's ever listening to this. Um, Anyway, (laughs) but Justin Bieber, man, why do I keep coming back to Justin? But David, man, he had all these skills, and it wasn't just with music, man. He was skillful, man, when it came to the art of war. He was great at fighting. He was great at all these other things. But, man, every chance that David got, man, he sees every opportunity to become better at his skills. Whether that was music, whether that was at the skill of war, man, he took every opportunity that he had. And here's the deal. Every single one of us, we have skills, too. My question to you is not, not what skills that you have, but what are you doing to make the skills that you do have better? Man, who are you going and talking to that's better than you, that's where you want to be in your skill set that can help you improve and get better and help you multiply? Man, some of you, you have incredible minds for business and money. Some of you, you're great musicians, you're great teachers, you're great parents. Man, who are you talking to in these areas of expertise that are helping you, that are helping you push you further into what you could be doing in these areas? See, we need to understand that we've never attained or come to this position at the top of our area where where we see our skill sets. See, I think about a guy like Usain Bolt. He lost his first race this last week in the first eight years, I believe, in the 100 meter. Fastest man in the world. Finally lost. 
See, we're all prone to get knocked off the top. And, and if, we always see it, if we see ourselves at the top, the only place we can go is down. See, for a lot of us, you know, we, we have a lot of talent. But just like Terry said last week, man, talent will get us somewhere. But what will keep us there is our character. And some of you, you guys have it oozing out of you. You have all the talent in the world, but you're sitting on your hands doing nothing with it and doing nothing to make yourself better. And somebody else with less talent, with less skills, is going to come and take your spot or take that position that you wanted because they were working hard. Man, what are you doing to make yourself better? Man, and I, I understand that some of you in here this morning, that, that you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I'm, I'm not happy with the skill set that I have, though, Jeremy. I'm, I, I don't like the life that I have. I don't like what I do. See, the skill sets that I have, no one's going to write a movie. No one's going to write a story about my life as if it made any significant difference in somebody else's life. Let me tell you something. You couldn't be further from the truth. See, when everybody else saw David as a shepherd, God saw him as a king. When everybody else saw Joseph as that annoying younger brother that they wanted to kill and get rid of, God saw him as their salvation from famine. And what has God called you to do with what he's given you? It's not about how you see yourself. It's about how God sees you in his kingdom. What are you going to do with that? Listen, we have to be faithful with what God has given us. And God will bless and he'll multiply that. See, David, when he went to go fight Goliath, he had one skill. He could throw a rock, right? A rock, a nine-foot giant. He went and threw a rock. But everybody else around him was saying, hey, you need to go out there in this armor. You need to go out there with this sword. You can't go and fight this, this giant, this beast of a human being with, with nothing, with a rock. But what David knew is that he already had the skill sets he needed to face the giants he was facing in life. For some of you, you need to see what God has given you and be satisfied and use that and understand and know that God has already given you what you need to face the problems that you're facing right now in life. See, when David, when he went and fought Goliath, he won with a rock. He didn't win with what everybody else said he needed. He won with the skills that God had given him. See, all of us, we're meant to be giant slayers in here. But the second we believe that we're supposed to be somebody that we're not, we're going to lose every single time. Every single time. The second thing that I believe every great hero has is courage. It says that David was a man of valor. You know, it's funny because when we see this picture of courage in every superhero movie or story out there, we, we see this plot point, you know, the hero steps up to the challenge, he goes and challenges this villain that nobody else is willing to or able to challenge, right? You know, no movie, no plot point, no, no story exists without this point of courage. Think about it, you know, who, who in here loves the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Loves the story of Batman, absolutely love those movies. Uh, can you imagine if Bruce Wayne decides not to become Batman? What does the story become? It becomes a story about this little kid named Bruce. It's a strange name in the first place. Sorry if your name is Bruce. Um, I, I like the name. It's a great name. It's a manly name. Uh, Bruce, this little kid named Bruce, he's afraid of bats. His parents get killed. 
and he watches his city burn. That's the story if he doesn't become Batman, right? It's an awful story. No one wants to hear that story. It's a 15-minute segment on CNN at 8 o'clock. That's it. It doesn't become a great superhero movie. No, we have to have courage. See, a lot of us, when we think about courage, man, we get crippled by this thought of stepping up and, and facing our problems in life. We'd rather somebody else step up and do it and do it for us. And we're scared to death when it comes to actually stepping out in faith and being the person that God has called us to be. See, Amanda and I, uh, we're actually not from here in Florida, my, my wife and I. Uh, we were born and raised in Denver, Colorado. Uh, woo! Go Broncos, right? Um, <laughs> I'll leave that alone. Um, but we grew up in Colorado. And uh, as soon as I graduated from high school, man, I was moving all over the place. I had no problem. It wasn't a challenge for me to be apart from my family. But that's my story, though. See, Amanda's story, she had grown up within a five-mile square radius her entire life. Not only her, her parents had grown up in this same five-mile radius their entire lives, had never left. I think it's now almost over 50 years that her family has grown up in this area and hasn't left. And uh, see, Amanda, for the first time, when she, when she moved out, she moved out the day she got married to me at the age of 21. She was still living at home at the time. And she moved 2,035 miles away to Coconut Creek, Florida with a chubby, shaggy, bearded white guy. All right? Amanda is the most courageous person that I know. She decided to step out into faith not knowing what was going to happen down here, not knowing if I was going to get fired because I like to grow my hair long and grow long beards and not everybody's always okay with that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she's the most courageous person that I know, honestly. Man, she didn't have a job. She didn't have friends down here. She didn't have any family. She didn't have the comfort and safety of home. It was taken away from her. But she stepped out into the unknown, and she trusted that God would take care of us, and he has. He's, he's more than provided for us. Look, maybe for you, God is calling you to finally go and start that business that he's called you to start for years now. Or maybe it's time for you to actually start that family that you've been waiting for years to start. Maybe you need to finally go and ask out that girl that you've been showing up to church for for the last three weeks to try to impress. Or maybe you need to finally start giving 10% of your income, not 5%, not 2%, but actually start giving 10% of your income to the church and to God. Maybe for some of you, man, you need to go to your spouse or that loved one that you have and talk to them about those addictions that you can't seem to shake. I don't know what it looks like for you, but in order to be the people that God has called us to be, in order to be the hero that God has called us to be, we have to step up, step up and be people of courage. The third thing that we see in this passage of Scripture is that every great hero has something to fight for. It says that David was a man of war. Not something that's necessarily valued uh, at this day and time. But David was a man of war. And he, he wanted to fight for what, what was right 
for what he wanted, for what he needed to protect. See, you can't have a hero and not have something to fight for. See, for Bruce Wayne, he had the city of Gotham to fight for, a city that was corrupted, that had taken his parents' life. He had that to fight for. For Tony Stark or for Iron Man, he had his company that his dad had started that he had to fight for because they were giving weapons away, right, to people that didn't need them or were abusing them. What are you going to fight for? Parents, are you going to fight for your kids to actually have a home to live in that has some values that will give them the chance for success later in life? Are you going to actually give them a place where they can have a chance to encounter Christ in their home? Business people, are you going to start to operate within your business or your job with integrity and operate with godly business practices? Single people, will you start to live your life with integrity, with purity, and start putting some boundaries on your relationships? Don't think you're going to get away from this. Because every single one of us, we're going to see opposition when we decide to stand up for something that we believe we're called to do. See, your kids, they might hate your guts because you decide to be their parent and not their friend. Your business partners, they might leave you by the wayside because, you know what, they're not okay with you deciding to have some integrity and not participate in those illegal business practices anymore. Or maybe your girlfriend or your boyfriend, maybe they'll decide to say, you know what, peace out, I'm out of here. You know what, I don't like that you've put some boundaries on our physical relationships anymore. I like to operate with freedom. <laughs> We're going to see opposition. See, for me, you know, I knew at a really young age that I was supposed to, uh, man, that, that music was supposed to be a part of my future. Uh, I knew from a very young age. I used to listen to this band called DC Talk. Um, are you down with the DC Talk, right? Uh, man, they were this huge influence on me. Because of them, man, I, I, I grew deeper and deeper to music. Man, every chance that I got to stand in front of my bedroom mirror, which was every day, I would take that, and I would take anything that resembled slightly a microphone, and I would start singing into it. It might have been my sister's hairbrush, which was a little gross, but, man, I would take that opportunity. I'd start singing my heart out. And because of them, you know, I'd, I had heard a little bit later on that they went to this school called Liberty University, and I was like, oh, man. If they went there, man, I'm going to go there. If that's where they went to go for music, that's where I'm going to go for music. And this is, I, granted, I, I was like eight years old when, when this was taking place. So these are big ambitions and great plans that I had set out for my life at the age of eight. Um, and sure enough, ten years later, when I'm graduating from high school, I had gotten a scholarship to go to Liberty University to go and sing and play music. And it was awesome. It was great. But then I met my opposition. I met myself. See, I had this uncanny ability to try to buck the system. Anybody that thought or had authority in my life, I couldn't stand it. I, I would do anything that I could to try to place myself in authority over them, whether that was with my head and knowledge or just really that's the only way I think I could try to outwit them. Um, you know, I tried to be smarter than they were, but the reality was is that I, I couldn't submit myself to anybody that had authority in my life. And because of that, I ended up seeing myself on the other side of school 
not having a scholarship anymore, moving all over the country, and, and finding myself leaving music altogether, wondering if God had really even called me to music at all. See, but what I found out was that God's call in my life, it hadn't changed. God had called me to music. But what I found out was that I was going to have to actually go and fight my flesh. I was going to have to fight the opposition that I was seeing in my life. I was going to have to go to war with my pride and my authority issues. See, for some of you, man, you're in that fight right now. Man, you're fighting to have peace in your home right now with your spouse, with your children. You're fighting to keep your job that you're barely holding on to right now. I, I, I don't know what it is for you. You're, you're fighting for that relationship. But I'm here to tell you, man, don't stop fighting. Don't give up. Man, if God has called you to it, fight for it. Fight for it. Don't give up on those relationships. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on the dream that God has given you. Look, thing, look no, nothing in our, in our lives that's ever worth having comes without a fight. Nothing. That marriage that you have, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. That business that you have, there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days. It's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Don't give up. The fourth thing that every great hero has is great timing. It says that David, he was prudent in his speech and he had good presence. See, David, he was a student of timing. See, what David knew and understood is that in order to be a great hero, you've got to show up just in time. Right? We, we see this all the time in every movie. You know, you know, the bomb is about to go off, and then all of a sudden, MacGyver shows up just in time with a sock and a toothpick to disarm the bomb. <laughs> this, this is just like David, man. He was all about the right time. It was all about the right time. See, for David, he had been anointed to be king. And he, he was anointed to be king while Saul, his predecessor, was still on the throne in Israel. See, but what David knew is that just because he had been anointed, it didn't mean that it was his time to be king yet. He had to wait. But during this time, Saul, man, he grew jealous because David, he was a popular guy, man. The girls, they all loved him. They loved to sing songs about him, right? Just like Ryan Gosling. This guy was a popular dude. Saul didn't like it, man. He couldn't have it. So Saul, he decided, you know what? I don't like it. I'm going to get rid of him. So Saul, he decides to, to have a manhunt, decides to send David on the run to run for his life. And, and, and for years, David is literally on the run for his life. And, and during this time, there's several moments where David has encounters with Saul. Saul doesn't know, but David's right there. Saul's in a cave, right? He's all by himself. And David and, and all of his men, they're sitting there waiting like, oh my goodness, there's Saul. And they're all saying, David, take his life. This is your moment. This is it. This is where you can get rid of that pest in your life. The person that won't leave you alone, that won't stop chasing you down. This is your moment. But David said, I won't put my hand against God's anointed. If God has the power to put him there, God has the power to take him out. 
It's about God's timing, not my timing. See, David, he could have tried to kick down the door, but it wouldn't have been the right time. See, what David knew was that it was all about the right time. It, it was the right thing for David to be king. Saul didn't deserve to be king, but it wasn't the right time. See, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Hear that again. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And maybe for some of you, it's, it, it is that business deal. Man, that, that's the right thing, but, it, but it's just not the right time. Right? Or maybe it's that relationship. Maybe, maybe it's the right thing, but it's not the right time. See, I look back at my relationship with Amanda. We met five years ago. Not really met five years ago. We met in eighth grade, but we started dating about five years ago. And uh, I knew pretty early on, man, that, uh, that I wanted to marry her, or in the words of Beyonce, that I wanted to put a ring on it, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but I was living at home with my parents at the time. I was, I was going to school. I was working this, this local restaurant, not making a lot of money. And, and then I got this bright idea to move to California and live with my brothers and bag groceries and not go to school. I thought this was going to be the romantic gesture that would prove my love to Amanda and let her know that I am ready for marriage. <laughs> it ended up not being what I thought it was, but it ended up taking me about three and a half years to finally get to the right time to marry Amanda. In fact, I was talking with her dad not that long ago, and uh, you know, he told me, he said, Jeremy, if you'd if you'd asked me any sooner than you did to marry my daughter, I'd have said, yeah, you know, you're a nice guy, but I'm not going to let you marry my daughter. <laughs> right? See, David, what he knew and understood was, it, was that it was about his father's time. For Amanda and I, what was important to us was that we had our parents' blessing. I had, had to have, I had to have my parents' blessing, and I needed to have her parents' blessing and say, yeah, man, it's time. And we waited for that. And we're living with blessings because of that now. Every single day, man, we see those blessings of waiting on God's time. Man, but for some of you, for some of you in here this morning, you've jumped the gun in life on some stuff. Man, you decided not to wait on God and what he wanted for you in life. And, and you're looking at this list of stuff and you're saying, man, Jeremy, I, I'm literally... Not any of these things. I, I'm not made of any of this stuff. You, you know, you, you, you look at having skills, you're like, no, nope, courage, no. Nope. Something to fight for? I have nothing to fight for. And I'm, and I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not about this list, because when it came to this list, David failed miserably. David, he stole another man's wife and then ended up killing that guy to cover it up. See, when it comes to this list, throw it out, man. See, what David knew and understood is that the one thing that every hero needs is God on their side. See, I'm here to tell you that this morning, it's not about this list, it's about grace. See, when David was confronted with this sin, Man, he was broken and torn up because he knew that he was out from under the covering that God had him. 
He was out from the protection of God. And the one thing in life that David could not live without was God's presence. It was more important than having skills. It was more important than having courage. It was more important than having something to fight for or having great timing. The most important thing in David's life was God's presence. He wouldn't go into battle without it. Man, and this morning, some of you, man, you're in the fight for your life. And you've been doing it on your own. You've been doing it on your own. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't have to do it on your own anymore. Man, invite God to be on your side. Revelation says that, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. God's knocking on the door right now. Man, it's the right thing and it's the right time. Man, will you answer the call? Man, will you step out in courage this morning? Man, God's been knocking at your door for a long time for some of you. For some of you, you just need to answer the call and have the courage to open the door finally. For some of you, man, you've been sitting on the sidelines of your faith for a while. You used to participate. You used to be a part of the fight. But you're on the sidelines right now. And this morning, you need to get back into the game. It's time for you to start fighting again. Will you guys answer the call? Will you become the hero that you are called to be? Church, let's take that step this morning. Let's all answer the call to be the hero that we're meant to be. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Thank you.